Hey, everybody, this is Jay Shalansky. I want to take a moment here before we started this episode of The Scoundrels to let you know that in this episode, we started a new segment called Legion in the News. This is something we used to do, and we're trying to uh, start up again, where we basically report on the news of the week previously. With that, some of our stuff is going to be outdated, just as how things move along. So during today's episode, we're going to talk about the swoop bikes and how in Australia, uh, the boxes that were were being found in the wild and people were getting that they had a different base than what we had all previously assumed based on streams and, and the box art. We reached out to AMG uh, for a comment for that report and we didn't receive anything. Then I think it was on July 20th, uh, they came out with a statement across their social media that it has come to our attention that there is a discrepancy with the Star Wars Legion swoop bike riders. Unfortunately, we've learned there was a miscommunication between our miniatures painting department and development department concerning the base size of the miniatures. This resulted in the swoop bikes for both the official box photography and stream being put on the incorrect base size. The bases that are included in the product are the correct bases for the unit. We apologize for the confusion this has caused and have taken steps internally to ensure this type of issue does not occur again. So as you listen to this episode in the first uh, few minutes, we do get into uh, this piece of news and our reactions to it. So just keep that in mind that we record that before and this is the update from AMG. Thank you so much for listening to The Scoundrels. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel or uh sign up to be a Patreon member to help us uh, on the blog or podcasts like this. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Tim. What's up? I'm all yeah. jacked. I am all jacked now. Yeah, yeah we, we have. Go ahead. Uh, to, why are you jacked, Jay? Because uh, we started early recording. Uh, <laughs> we did, yes. Under my request, because I knew we were going to go long. We were probably going to have a long episode this week. And I was like, hey, boys, we got to start early. So, like, I'm at my prime energy level right now. I just ate dinner, had a little ice cream sandwich. I'm feeling real good right now. So I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, we... Uh, for those that have been under a rock, uh, there was the third mini extravaganza. I thought it was the second. I <laughs> I mind melted the two that occurred yeah. in 2021 yeah. into like two into one mini extravaganza. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not the only person that made that mistake. But yeah, I uh, mean, as as I pointed out for my article, yeah, I put uh, Electric Boogaloo on the uh, title, and that was yeah. correct. <laughs> is, there, is there a sequel to Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> I, I ran out of energy. I just put three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's extravaganza three. Um, anyway, we will definitely talk about that. Um, we have some news. We're going to actually have a real news segment. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to prep that a little bit. So what we're going to do is our attempt here is every week, we're going to have about a five to 10 minute segment at the top of the show where we're going to do non- uh it's it's non-editorial we're not gonna comment we're just gonna tell the news the best we can i'm gonna make it engaging but it's it's just gonna be the news as we know it right now 
Um, and then we're not going to, you know, we're not going to comment during the news section on that particular piece of news. I, I just, you know, there's a lot going on and I feel like um, it's an opportunity to us to be more like a, a kind of a media outlet in that little section where we can just say, oh, hey, this going on, this going on, this going on. And uh, you'll hear at the end of my spiel of the news. But, you know, if you have news or an event you want us to report on, you can email us and uh, at contact at the fifth trooper dot com. And uh, we'll we'll tr- we'll, you know, prioritize and, and decide whether we'll report on that. But. And I assume I assume somewhere in the show we will actually comment on the news because I got some opinions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, so I'm trying to separate because yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, listen. Frankly, I got this idea because we've been making a lot of splashes in the Legion community, specifically on <laughs> Facebook, with our commentary. But that's what we do. We're just commentators. None of us actually know really anything. We just say what we feel and think about stuff, right? And I think people are getting confused that we're a news outlet versus just a blog writing commentary outlet. Right. And, and I, you know, I don't feel like we do stuff that's clickbaity. I feel like we just talk about what we want to talk about. But what I wanted to do was kind of separate those a little bit and actually have a news like, hey, we heard this is happening. Hey, we heard this is happening. And then yep. we'll comment on it later or not. But at least we will have in case you don't know what we're talking about, we'll at the top of every uh, show, we'll, we'll just have a couple bullet points of what's going on in, in Legion. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, before we do that, uh, let's do some housekeeping. Housekeeping. Okay. So I had a list of things I wanted to talk about and I want to get through this quick because today is going to be a uh, crazy long so basically what we have uh, is Stormtide is coming back out this month. We, um, <clears throat> we took a couple of month hiatus and we're basically relaunching. My goal is once we ship it, which will be uh, next week, early next week, we're going to ship. I want to do like a live stream and kind of go through all the new stuff that's in, in Stormtide because we're doing it very different than what we were doing before, which I think is much more fun and lively. You know, we have a full-time writer who's writing strictly Stormtide stuff, and he's an amazing writer, and he has all these crazy, fresh new ideas. John is really getting into his own, being the the game developer, and, you know, and we've put on some artists as well. So we've got all this great stuff combined, and so we're doing some really cool stuff there with, like, diverging storylines and stuff. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, The next thing is Gar Saxon Shield. We uh, we've closed the form for that. We said we were going to keep it open till the 17th or the 15th. I think I said the 15th. I shut that down on the 15th. Now it's me just basically shipping these out. I can tell you very confidently that I labeled another thousand today. They'll be going out tomorrow. Um, And I still have a box of labels of about 3000 more. So we've we've sent roughly 2,500 and we still have 3,000 more to go out. Uh, and so I'm, we're getting through that. I'm working on it. So, um, if you didn't get in on it, sorry, man, like I, I can't, I can't keep this open forever. Uh, I was open for about a month or so. So we did it. They're coming. I swear. I have your name. If you filled out the form correctly, uh, I, and actually put in your information. There's a bunch was just their name. And so I was like, oh, sorry, can't follow directions. Not my problem. 
skip. Uh, and so uh, if you filled out your, your name, your address, no matter where you live in the world, like I've seen Belgium, I've seen uh, South Korea, China. I mailed something to China today, Japan, uh, Russia. There was one from Russia that that was cool. England, Germany, France, uh, Spain, uh, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, all over the United States, Canada. We've got it all. Uh, and so shipping those out. Next thing is um, uh, make sure you check out all our tools. Like we talk about this all the time. We have legionhq.thefifthtrooper.com, which is our list building tool. We have a stats tool. Uh, we have uh, the quick guide, which is the rules reference guide. Uh, the <laughs> We're still updating because things change all the time now. And so, uh, you know, we're updating that and, you know, our Legion stream tool. Don't forget to read our blog. We have a bunch of great articles. <clears throat> and then all of that um, is thanks to our Patreon supporters. So we have a ton of Patreon supporters. We actually just mailed out some really cool quarterly rewards to them. Uh, it, I, I don't want to say specifically, but it may have been some cards that needed to be printed in order to play. And I may have mailed those out uh, and to our to our uh, Patreon supporters. So uh, so, yeah. So if you want to support the tools and the blog and the podcast and all that, check it out, out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the fifth trooper. And of course, you can also support us just by buying Legion stuff on the site. So you, you should do both. Yeah, uh, really. Go buy something and then go sign up. You know, on Patreon, you don't even have to sign up for a tier. You just like it could just be a dollar a month, man. If you give us a dollar a month, we could do more things. We could do better things like it allows us to hire people, it allows us to focus on stuff. You know, we're going to be streaming a bunch of events coming up. It allows us to do that better. Like there's just a lot of stuff that the Patreon helps us with. So please, please join Patreon just for a dollar, dollar a month. That's 12 bucks out of your pocket a year. That's it, man. But you know what that means to Tim? That means if his beehives ever go down, we can get him a new one. <laughs> I mean, beehives are real expensive. Just one beehive. <laughs> I didn't say all of them. Just one. A portion. A portion of yeah, the beehive. Yeah. We could get you one bee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, queen bees are like 60, 70 bucks right now. I didn't say queen. <laughs> I just said one B. I don't think the other Bs are really that relevant. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Again, I didn't say it was going to be relevant. I just said I'd get him a B. Um, all right. Um, well, uh, how about we launch directly into our news segment? News from the Week in Legion. Okay. So, first up, AMG's mini extravaganza was this past weekend, and though we'll be taking an in-depth look, uh, about the Legion reveals, the major takeaway was this next wave of releases are all AMG. Speaking of all AMG, reports are coming in from Australia that seem to be piling on the missteps that seem to be plaguing AMG of, as of late. It looks like that in addition to the swoop bike card misprint, making it into production, it looks as if swoop bikes are also shipping with a different base than what was on the box and in AMG stream. We have reached out to AMG for comment and have not received a response as of yet. In other news, we have several major events on their way, including Lone Star Open this weekend, Gen Con starting August 4th, and Nova starting September 2nd. If you have Legion news or events you'd like us to report on, please email us at contact at the fifth trooper.com. All right. 
How was that? Was that good for our first That's, one? Th that was good. Oh, I think you did. Tight. You must have done your Ron Burgundy vocal exercises, you know, <laughs> yeah. beforehand. Well, I, you know, I, I was like, I'll just swing it. I've been doing this for five years, four years now, four years, I guess. We've been doing this for four years. I'll wing. I'm like, no, I need to. I'm going to write down notes. So I was definitely reading notes in that. Um, yeah. And so we before we get to the next section, I'd like to say if you're listening to the audio podcast, highly recommend popping over to the YouTube channel because this next part is going to be very uh, visual. Yes. Um, before we get to, should can we like opine on the swoop bike thing real quick? Okay, we're um, out of the news section. Go all right. for it. This yep. is the commentary, what is it, the op-ed section. Yeah, op-ed, opinion, <laughs> opinion piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it seems like, it seems like one of two things happened. Uh, either they used the incorrect bases on the stream and or for the box photos. Um, and they're actually supposed to be on the small speeder bike bases. Mm. Or they shipped a bunch of boxes with the wrong bases. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't actually think it's clear which at this point. Uh, I have not personally seen the models. Um, to me, they, they look... Like they're bark sized, the actual miniatures, yeah. which would seem to indicate that they would have trouble balancing on one of those smaller bases. Um, but I haven't actually seen the models. So if anyone has like. So actually on that post, it was a gentleman from Australia. I forgot his okay. name. Uh, in the comment section, he actually put the model and the base next to the box picture. And it is significantly smaller, comparatively speaking. And also in that same comment stream, someone else uh, took screenshots from AMG stream and you could absolutely tell the difference of how big those bases were. So for sure, and we don't know if this is an isolated incident, if this is like a couple hundred boxes in Australia, because it was more than one person who said they got them. I think I counted around five to eight. Um, yep. And so we don't know if this is Australia only because they generally get their stuff way before the rest of us do, uh, even in like how dis distribution works. D depends on what it is. I mean, it, no, no, no. I mean, because of how distribution works, it <laughs> yeah, all yeah. comes out of China. Australia is well, right there. So generally they have it in the warehouses in distribution before they even start like shipping out to, yeah. these, you know, for the most part. And so, you know, whether they caught it, mid distribution and they fixed everybody else's we don't know yet i don't think so because if they're supposed to be due out here in august they've been in the states probably since june i would assume yeah given the way supply chain works right now yeah i mean maybe there'll be a situation like with the dewbacks where they delay the release and fix all the bases um i don't know for those that are for the uninitiated something similar happened mm. um what year was that? 2019? Oh gosh, it was uh sounds right. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the it was the Adepticon we went to. Yeah. Um well, I think it was Gen Con, right? The early Gen release. Con, Gen Con. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they had some early release dewbacks in Gen for that were sold at Gen Con, a very limited quantity. And they opened the boxes and they were like, um, these are ATST sized bases. <laughs> Is this correct? <laughs> um so they ended up actually delaying the dewback release. Uh so that they could replace all the bases and they did in fact yeah. replace all the bases and i think they said basically like if you've already bought one 
you know, let us know and we'll mail you the correct bases. Yeah, I had one from Gen Con. Actually, yeah. I had three from Gen Con, and uh, they just had a form that you just filled out, and they just shipped you the the replacement base, which was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, you know, we had dubbed that the debacle. A lot of people were wondering what we were going to do with this one. A lot of people came up with swoopsies that I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Mine was going to be swoop. There it is. Uh, see, see, I like swoop. There it isn't. <laughs> there it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a, all right, this is mean. And if you're listening from AMG, I'm sorry, but I'm creative and I can't help myself. So it was going to be swoop. There it is. And it was a swoop in a dumpster just on fire with like, you know, with like to, crit to block uh and coming out of it and then like the base yeah over on two written under it yeah. can't combine dice pools right um yeah i um i mean we'll see what they end up doing if the answer is basically like whether this is the correct one from the first place uh or they're just like well i guess they're on these bases now um for me like the larger base was kind of the only redeeming quality competitively of swoops agreed um so if indeed they're on these tiny bases um yeah i don't know i i can't think of it's hard to tell what they're gonna do right because as far as we've seen so far they weren't planning on doing anything about the card uh yeah. that just happened so I assume they were going to put a print and play out, right? But like that puts the onus on you, the consumer, to then print out a card, and then you know that becomes a whole do different that with the base. thing. Yeah. yeah, you know now now with the base, I mean, if you have a three D printer, I guess you can do it. But like, okay, so I don't know. I, as a company, I think you have two two options. You either figure out maybe they figured it out that we don't have any information from them. So maybe they figured out, maybe Australia was early and they were like, yeah, well, sucks for Australia. And they fixed it for everybody else. Right. Or yep. if this is going to happen, your two options are do what you did with the two backs, either hold them all, hold the release. You got them all in your warehouses minus Australia, you know, hold them all in your warehouses, swap out the bases like you did with the do backs or number two, you release them and you tell people either a, too bad or b put them on the put them on the right base if you have them right like you you put that option out there yeah like if you happen to have extra you know yeah. 70 millimeter bases lying around go ahead and do that if you want um i think the question's going to come down to the tos and 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 you know uh regulations of what is a legal unit when it comes to the swoop bikes yeah the other thing is the peg height um, like, especially if they're on those small bases, it seems like the tall peg, they're going to be even more difficult to balance. Yep. Um, and it was really funny, um, because the ones on stream had short pegs on them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was, uh, um, uh, there, there was a painting stream. Um, and someone asked in the chat, they're like, Hey, are the, you know, we noticed the pegs on the box art are actually tall. Um, like, are we allowed to clip? the pegs and make them like how'd you get the short pegs on the stream he's like oh yeah you can easily clip them and <laughs> after that there was like a hold on you know dallas is not uh a developer and this is not like an official yeah. ruling that says you can clip the pegs right um because clearly that has implications for line of sight and things like that right. well, you can I, clip them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes we know that you can physically clip a plastic yeah, yeah. peg if, if, <laughs> not if, the question if, if suddenly <laughs> 
if suddenly this unit can be taken on two different bases and or they're like yeah clip your pegs i mean if that's really they make it's really they make but it's uh gonna be very interesting to model things yeah we'll we'll see i i think that it helps that the actual like raw meat of the unit card is um (laughs) (laughs) we'll say we'll say the jury's out on whether they're going to be competitive or not because i actually think if indeed they are on the bigger bases there is a use case for them as as uh feels bad as it is for like blocking and for objectives um but uh yeah who knows maybe this won't be a big deal uh but i'll be curious to see kind of how they handle this because you know this is a situation where like the base size matters and the peg height matters um in competitive legion and if they're just like yeah whatever um i think that'll be telling for how they're going to handle view competitive play in general yeah 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 and i think there's you know something i'd like to point out if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't figured it out yet this podcast is meant to be a competitive podcast and so like if we sound like we're let me put this in quotations complaining too much about stuff it's not complaining it's thinking about how this is actually going to work in a competitive environment right which is what keeps this game going is the competitive environment so if you're at home with your son or your wife or your husband or whatever, whoever you're playing with at home, your brother, sister, father, whatever. And you don't care about any of this. Cool, man. Like you do whatever you want to do. Yeah, like we're, you do. We're, you do we're, you. Yeah. We're cool with that. Like clearly storm tide is a very casual uh, thing that we do. And we love casual. We do, but this very specifically is a competitive podcast. And so what we need to do is comment and talk about implications to the competitive scene because like it or not, even though competitive scene is a small portion of the audience, it's what keeps games alive and what keeps them going, uh, you know, games like this. Um, And so, you know, we need to make sure that people stay in the competitive and enjoy playing competitive so that the game stays lively and, and, and it keeps going. It's the public face of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also bigger than most people realize. But um, we have, we have yeah. many extravaganza to talk about. We could, <laughs> we could go on a whole tangent about that. All right. So um, I'm going to, we, uh, we, Tim, <laughs> not we, Tim built an, a great little presentation for us to follow through. So if you are, um, if you are listening on the audio version of the podcast, I highly recommend you head over to YouTube. Can you guys see that? Okay. Yep. All yep. right. Perfect. So that'll show up for everybody else. I'm just getting notes and everything situated and control here. All right. So, uh, yeah. So Tim made this awesome presentation for us to go through. Thank you, Tim. You're the best. Um, and this is going to be a very visual companion to what we're about to talk about. So, um, I think you'll be fine on audio, but you know, it's better on video. Actually, just come over to the YouTube and subscribe and then leave. That's really all I need you to do. <laughs> and then if you want to still listen, that's yeah. fine. Whatever. Yeah. The, um, uh, I mean, also, if you want to check these pictures out, they are all in my article on the blog. So, oh, yeah, that's right. So Trooper.com slash blog. Yeah. yeah. So, both, both a plug in if you are on audio and want to just see the images, you can see them there too. Yep. Perfect. 
All right. Yeah. So what what do we ha- what do we have here? What are, what are we looking at? I think this is the least exciting thing out of it for me out of everything. <laughs> I, I'm a big I'm a big Ahsoka fan. So this is actually, um, I should say partially exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's there's no solid rules. Um, yeah. Really right. Tidbits, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, and these are also not even the finalized models. These are pre-production resin models. Um, like you can see, ah. Ahsoka's. Ahsoka's lightsaber is actually a little bit bent. Yeah. Um, so like it seems these are probably 3D prints of like the initial CAD models are using to represent the minis, but they're still in-person minis. So that gives us a clue that they're, I mean, on their way. So for those not on YouTube, we are looking at a um Ventress, Asaj Ventress model with her hit with folding chair pose. Um and uh uh, Ahsoka, who um, I was very excited about as a Republic player. Um, luckily, uh, I am also a Rebel player because this is the <laughs> Rebel version, um, and it will be the first version of Ahsoka that we get. Um, so uh, I'm just happy that we're getting an Ahsoka. If you told me that um, uh, that I would have... Um, that they were doing a Ahsoka release uh, opposite Ventress. Uh, I would have assumed that it was the Republic version. Um, it's not. It is the Rebel one. Uh, but Which, so, listen, w- according to Lucasfilm, makes sense, right? Because they're they're planning on the Ahsoka TV show, which is, puts her in Rebels era rather than Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this may not be up to them. Like a lot of right. a lot of stuff. Um, I know at least with FFG is essentially like, you know, sometimes they were mandated to do a specific unit or a theme of units based on current media. Yeah. So I wanted to get this while we were, you know, with Ventress, I had bought a lot of droids, uh, not a lot of droids, but a lot of <laughs> droid minis. And uh, it came with a Ventress in it. It was a fan-made one with the fan-made card and all that. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's super cool. I wish that was real. So the fact that the that she's out now is is pretty amazing. You know, that's pretty exciting for me. I, I, I don't have a ton of Clone Wars experience, but the stuff I've seen with Ventress and listen, anything with Jedi or Sith, right? Like, I'm down. Like, I love seeing that's that's the whole thing that we all really love about Star Wars, I guess it's changing a little bit with Mandalorian, but like, yeah, like I've been wanting like Republic to have like a, a unit of just like younglings or something, you know, of, or like second tier Jedi or whatever, you know, you want to call that. So. And, and yeah. for, all, for all the Republic players, um, they did say that there will be a Republic commander in this wave. They did not say who it was, um, yeah. but uh, we are getting a unit of some kind yeah. um it, they were extremely non-specific it could be like commander cody it could be mace windu i don't know um but there is a thing uh and they did say of course that they have republic ahsoka versions planned um they mentioned three i think yeah uh commander um padawan and citizen which i assume is like um you know season seven ahsoka before she takes command of the yeah. Um, two, two, three. But um, yeah. Um, so uh, Republic is getting Ahsoka at some point, uh, but Rebels will be getting this one. 
So fulcrum, fulcrum Ahsoka. This this is so actually for some slightly my, my understanding um, is this is the Star Wars Rebels show version of Ahsoka, not necessarily the like post Return of the Jedi mm. Ahsoka show version of ah- Ahsoka. You guys can correct me if that impression that, is wrong. That's but, my impression as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, it, I guess what I would say was it just made sense, right? She's in spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, she's in, she's Mandal- in the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, Book of Boba yeah. Fett, and she has a TV show coming out. Like, yeah, yeah. This was makes a, total this, sense. Yeah. This was a no brainer for me. I was like, oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you do this? Like, of course, Lucasfilm wants this done, you know? Yep. Yep. The, uh, the, the sort of the tidbits of rules we got to is like, they said Ahsoka will be focused more on protection and Asajj, I mean, being a Sith assassin will be more, and they said murdery, so just hyper aggressive. And it also sounded like they might both get four command cards with one of them each having like a quote team up card. So just some, and that's basically all the information we got for them. Oh, and then they will use both use Jarkai Mastery, which is, uh, I think it's form six, but it's the, it's the two lightsaber form. Yeah, yeah, dual wielding. Yeah, they said they would both center around dodges. Um, yes. So, which, I mean, force user. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume they will have some version of deflect, as most saber users do. Right. So, uh, if they're good at generating dodges, um, they're going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious what Asajj's teamwork t- team up card is, because at least from watching the show, she's not really very good at. Um, teaming up with anybody. <laughs> well, I mean, except the Night she, Sisters. But. Yeah, I, but I mean, she was like Dooku's assassin. Right? Yeah. So, like, my, the only the only thing that would make sense in my mind, like, just sort of thinking about it for two seconds, would be like a Dooku team up card. But even that yeah. doesn't make a ton of sense. But we'll see what they do. Yeah, I mean, it could be something as simple as like, uh, what is it, Luke and Chewie's like after Chewie activates, Luke can activate and after Luke activates, Chewie can you know, whatever. It could be something simple like that, right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. All right. You guys ready for the next one? Let's do it. Oh boy. Death Bears. I (laughs) am real excited about this. Um, Yeah, so, so Ewoks we knew they were coming and they, they showed some amazing uh, photos of these. And this is it. This okay. Miniature wise, this was everything I wanted. Like these like little goblin, like, you know, creatures <laughs> from like fantasy Warhammer that are just insane. And, and, you know, I had said something to the effect of, Oh, I wish they could like just take over anybody's heavy, uh, you know, heavy uh, uh, like a ATST or something. But they do kind of do something chaotic, which is destroy heavy weapons, uh, which yeah. is super interesting. I don't know how that's going to work, but, you know, I, I my my I know some people were like, what? How could that be? But I mean, I don't know. Force choke kind of does something similar, right? Like you could you can choose to pick a heavy weapon to choke with force choke. So it's not it's not unheard of uh, yeah. overall. I mean, we, we even have precedent in the game of like weapon disrupted. Uh, like vehicle damage yeah right like if if the way they want to mechanically do it is be like this ewok puts a token on top of the heavy weapon that just means he can't be used yeah yeah who knows how they were very vague on how that would actually be implemented if it's anything like force choke um it will be a very strong ability <laughs> um yeah. you know usually obviously that is a force power which means it's gated behind a force user um yeah but um we'll see i mean it's hard it's hard to speculate on it 
without knowing anything other than what they told us, which was very vague. Right. So it's definitely thematic for them. I mean, you see them in the Battle of Endor, like when one of them tries to steal a speeder bike, like they try and use unsuccessfully, use the blasters. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, like it's it's pretty funny. I think they called it insatiable curiosity. Insatiable yeah. curiosity. Yeah. Um, it's definitely on theme for them. And yeah. the ATST thing, I think that they said they will be able to take an ATST with Chewie in it, right? Well, if, then, you, if you if if you flip to the next slide. Okay. Oh, we're oh, getting ahead of myself. There you go. There you go. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. The, yeah. for those of you listening, it's uh it's a painting of an AT. It's you know like the paintings they do for their for their artwork. It's uh it, it, you know Wookie outside. Chewy with his hands up on top of an ATSC. Boy, it's really hard for words describing stuff right now. I'm really struggling. <laughs> Boy, I'm so excited about this, but I, I'm, I don't even care. I don't care if this is worse than anything they've put out so far. I'm playing this. I'm, pl- I'm just doing it. I don't even care. Like I'm just so excited about this, and I will just lose a ton of games or make it work. Whatever I need to do because this is exciting and. So my understanding, and and when I say my understanding, I'm actually just reading Tim's article. So you guys could do the same thing. Uh, my understanding is that these are going to be mercenaries, and they can yeah. go in rebels or their own battle force. Right, Tim? Was that was that basically That's, the gist? So, so yeah, it sounds like it is. So like it sounds like you can bring, like so the ATST specifically it sounds like it'll be battle force only. Yeah. Um, but then the Ewoks will be so you can bring them as a couple mercenary units into the regular rebels or there's going to be the endor battle force i couldn't figure out if there's actually going to be like ewok battle force it'll be ewoks only because it sounds like the endor battle force is going to like it'll include like the main characters like all the rebels who are on endor right yeah. you got rebel commandos main characters that's where the atsc with chewie and it comes in um so i don't know we'll see um they did say that battle force would be very anti-infantry focused um with very limited anti-armor things um they also said the ewoks will have a melee option i get units themselves melee ewoks as well as ranged ewoks Mm. um and then they did confirm an axe wielder heavy and then also a trapper personnel personnel so uh bunch of things that we don't actually have much information for yeah um but things um they also said wicket and logre will be um named characters that you can bring um whether they're commanders or operatives yeah no idea but uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of options that we don't know much about, but all sounds amazing. <laughs> the thing I found interesting was that the ATST may have Incognito and Inspire. Yes, which those is... the, the only two keywords, well, Intentional Curiosity, but the only two sort of known keywords that they said was an ATST with Inspire and Incognito, which, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> incognito and an ATST. Um... I don't even know what to think about that. My first instinct was like, that seems crazy. Um, but also it means you're like not firing with your ATST. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I guess I, we'll see how I, it's implemented. I mean, to me, like just gameplay wise, it sounds like first turn you're protected from long range, like AATs or spe- airspeeders shooting at you. Spiders. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I mean, one turn safety from all that stuff. Yeah, Great. seems pretty good. I mean, there, yeah. you know, it's incognito is like a zero downside keyword. Like you can drop it yeah. when you choose, basically, yeah. Yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. But but um, I, depending on okay, listen, and I we're basing this information off of how the ATSTs play today, right? Depending on 
what weapon upgrades and stuff come with it. Like it's going to be, I don't know, as, as someone who played a lot of ATST, I don't know how often that's actually going to come to play. Cause if I'm running an ATST, like unless there's spiders or something going on, like I need to shoot with that, <laughs> like more uh, sooner rather than later. So yeah, we'll just have to see how it's implemented. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And who um, knows? Maybe it's like maybe it's a, a worse ATST because it's being piloted by Ewoks. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> or at least um, partially by Ewoks, somewhat by yeah. Chewie. But yeah. And then while we're sort of on the topic of battle forces, the other two battle forces discussed, we didn't get any images or anything for them, would be the Imperial Remnant uh, battle force, which is sort of like Moff Gideon, Dark Troopers, which we'll see in a second. Yeah. Um, sort of they said a mishmash and like it won't follow typical imperial doctrine so i mean as we saw from like mandolin show it's sort of like these random groups of imperials who are all yep. kind of doing guerrilla warfare in a way um and then they also talked about tempest force which is the imperials on endor so that's like a lot of scout troopers stormtroopers beater bikes uh atsts that kind of stuff um and then it also sounded like they're gonna have a new atst pilot character well, i said character presumably it's a pilot Right. Um, so more options are always good. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Imperial remnant thing, uh, what I hope that they do, which would be cool. I mean, it would fall in line with what happened in the show. And we've joked about this on the podcast before, but is if they had an upgrade to the e-web, right? Because in the, in yeah. the Mandalorian, right. Moff Gideon's like, this is the e-web and like made a huge deal. And it like yeah. basically blew that building apart. Yeah. And so, you know, if they came out with a card, like an updated eWeb card, I'm I'm all for it. Like, you know, they can make it uh, just for that battle force. It doesn't even have to be something yeah. that goes in everything so, else. So complete speculation and making connecting dots that might not need to be connected. But when they were doing their um, gameplay stream, um, one of the, I think it was Pagani, was talking about, he'd asked a question about range four eWebs. And he said, oh, aren't those ones that got range four? And then that was, it was kind of awkward. So maybe it's in the future. This is complete speculation. Could have just been a mistake. I would like to comment that they said a lot of things that weren't real whilst playing. And so I. uh, Asking the chat what what, (laughs) rules on bounty. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I've always felt eWeb should be range four. I'd like to take a moment here. I'd like to comment on that. Uh, here's my thing. I have two. I have I'm both sides. OK, the positive angel side on my shoulder, here, the little angel on my shoulder. Listen, we do storm tide. If you ask me what X meant in box two of storm tide, like we're on box 10. I won't know. Like right now, I just I'd have to really think hard about it because we go through a lot of stuff. So part of me does not blame them for not knowing everything in the rules like this, right? Like, because it is just, there's a lot of rules. It's complex. And when you're developing three to four different games, things are going on. You're not going to know everything. The devil on my shoulder says that you probably should have prepared for the stream though. You know, and knowing that, knowing that you're bogged down with all this stuff, just brush up a little bit. You know, I don't think it's a lot of people are making a big deal about it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. They were excited. They were doing a stream. You know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everybody. I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe just 
if you're going to take some units, just brush up on those units and make sure you're not saying something crazy. That's all. Yeah, like a, you know, it's if it's a perception thing, just do like a you know, short practice game the day before or something. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't know what these guys' schedules are like. Right. But um, with the exact same units you're going to use on the stream, you know, on the same table. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I, take two hours and do it the day before and then do the same thing over again. <laughs> I definitely have a little empathy for that just because it's like, yeah, I get it, man. Like if you're working on four different games, right? Like, yeah, dude, I don't know what anything does. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm only, I can't even play other games. I'm only focused on Legion. Cause if I, I can't remember any of these other rules. So, you know, it's, I get it. So I just want to say that I, I have two sides to that, but that's kind of my take on it is, give them some slack and you know hopefully the next the next one they'll they'll brush up a little bit more that's all we can ask yep all right back to um <laughs> while we're on the subject of imperial remnant battle force should we should we advance the yeah there yep. we go so uh thematically i love these dudes as soon as i saw them in these are dark troopers by the way for those that are not um yep. watching the youtube uh I told you, you should have come over and subscribe. See, now you're sitting yeah. there, John, you're just sitting there all <laughs> sad because you're listening and not watching and you should have come over and subscribe. It's people like you, John, that really put us under on YouTube. And I, I just need you to come over and subscribe. All right, John, do it right now. Stop what you're doing. Put, pause this audio, go over to the YouTube and subscribe. Are you thinking of a specific John or are you just like, uh, you know what John, that John, Yeah, I'm pointing right right at him. He can see because now he's watching the YouTube. You, John, you. All right. Anyway, these are dark troopers. Uh, I love these guys from when I saw them on the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, I get that like dark trooper dubstep, uh, (laughs) like soundtrack of them powering up stuck in my head. Whenever I see a dark trooper image, like it's, it's, it's connected. It's hardwired into my brain. Um, I mean, so the, first of all, the models are great. Uh, whoever painted these, painting black is really difficult, and they yeah. made it look amazing. Um, yep, yep. So uh, double thumbs up to whoever that was. Um, we also have Moff Gideon. Great yep. pose here with the dark saber cape, dramatically flowing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they did show us the unit card for the dark troopers. Um, actually. So of all the things that were previewed, uh, I think this is my favorite, both um, thematically and also just competitively balance wise. Um, so they have uh, their 95 points for three dudes. So yep. clearly that's expensive. Um, they have two heavy slots, uh, a personnel slot, which is interesting for reasons that um, okay. I want to get into before we leave this <laughs> slide um, and a programming slot. Uh, yep. They do not have the programmed keyword um so presumably these whatever programs they come with they didn't tell us what those were but they will probably be upside other yeah. like if otherwise you just wouldn't take them because they don't have the program keyword um so there's nothing that requires you to fill that slot um but they have armor full armor on a trooper unit um they're a heavy slot so this is the first trooper unit that goes in the heavy slot uh, they have plotting which is not a new keyword actually this used to be on ewebs it means you can only move once on your activation um which is a good thing because they also have unstoppable which is essentially there's a lot of text here but it's basically permanent implacable yeah um and they also have uh, another 
a good keyword here, uh, unconcerned unit cannot benefit from cover and units cannot be repaired or restored. Um, and then they have two wounds, uh, just a range one to three black die ranged attack and then crushing punch red, white in melee. Um, the reason I like this card so much is because these keywords, particularly unstoppable and plotting kind of like invoke the theme, you know, these guys are almost kind of like terminators from 40 K for those that are familiar with that basically like very heavily armored very slow but once they get to you like you know it's like a it's like a rock basically yep. um so great theme combination but they also have like you know what i'd like to call guard rail rails on here guardrail keywords right like they could have just easily not given them plotting and then they they could just move four times because they have permanent implacable right um this unconcerned keyword is also a great guardrail keyword because Empire has such cheap astromechs. Like these dudes have full armor. They're trooper units with full armor. Right. Um, so if they're benefiting from cover and able to be repaired, that's going to be just like impossible to deal with, basically. So um I love that they have these kinds of keywords on here. Um and like these guys look really strong, but in a way that still feels interactive. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I uh, yeah. Like they um I, you're right. I like the, the the guardrails, right? Like that's that's really this feels good. And I mean, we don't know what the heavies or any of the extra stuff's going to be, but well, <laughs> we actually sort of do. Well, at least we, in two we, cases, we, yeah, we have some stats, but no points. Yeah, I guess point. I'm sorry, I meant yeah. like points wise and stuff. Like we don't right. know what that stuff's going to cost. So it's like uh, this feels good. It doesn't feel bad at all. It feels interesting. And especially, you know, we'll get to it, but especially the command card that they, that they showed like adds a bonus to that a little bit. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The heavies they show or they were shown or not shown, but talked about. Um, so they have a frag launcher, yep. which uh, is two red, one black die range one to two. It exhausts. Uh, has cycle and then blast so great all around close range weapon awesome uh then we have the xs uh iv assault cannon it's four black dice range three and crit one that's uh that'd be four <laughs> in roman numerals the XS. oh uh, i yeah i would just yeah xs yeah, four yes i <laughs> for the <laughs> Oops. Yeah, and the critical is important here because they don't natively surge, so that's yes. a um, that's yeah. a useful weapon. This this sounds like a very like basic but awesome weapon for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the points or whatever, of course, but I mean, even if you just took like that, like the assault cannon, and then three guys, it's seven black with critical one. Yeah, I mean, I put it at like twenty eight. It, it's hard to know without knowing yeah. like what they're programming. I said does. 28, Kyle. Okay. Mark it, mark I'm it in gonna, your books. I'm not going to speculate the points because these guys already yeah. cost 95. Now, potentially, yeah. this is up to 12 wounds with full armor. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, um, they're basically a walking tank in that, like more ways than one. Right. Yep. right. That can do objectives. Yeah. Like, I mean, so right, if you're, yeah. Really, 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 right? That's how you have to think about this is... I love that you said that, because even if they can get up to 12 wounds, you have to think of this as a heavy slot, right? So this you're comparing this to an ATST, to a to a AAT, to a snail tank. These are these are it's kind of um, uh, 
equals in that in that slot right so that's this what you have to kind of equate it to so yeah yeah they're they're walking tanks that get the bonus of being able to do objectives but also the negative that they lose dice as the minis die yep and they're both positive and negative their their sight profile is going to be lower which means they yeah. They're not going to get like the crazy out of cover shots like an ATST is, but they can also hide behind terrain more easily. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, 12 wounds is a lot for a red save, quote unquote, tank. Uh, yep. You know, the yep. AAT has nine, right. <laughs> and the Saber right. has nine. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm hoping that with heavies and whatever else you end up equipping them with, these guys come to around like 170, 160 yep. points, but we'll see. Yep. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think the thing too, right, uh, that we have to look at is, um, you know, we don't know, we don't know what the wording is going to be on, on this, uh, the Ewoks, like destroying a heavy weapon, right? So maybe they can just like pop one of them out of there. Uh, yeah. You, you know, things like force choke, you're going to be able to just put a wound on plus some other stuff. Like It, there, it, it doesn't seem terrible. Yeah. yeah, actually, Anakin seems like uniquely good against these guys because yeah. he—you can give him force choke. Um, he has a lightsaber that has a high pierce and impact value with surge crit, um, and of course, if you give him saber throw, he can fire support into them with like a Z six or something, and then you have that big pool with, you know, impact three plus. If it's an RPS, it would be like impact five, surge crit, and pierce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the uh, the the last heavy which we don't. Any we don't know any stats for is the uh, a big sword. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's a giant sword. Yeah, hey, but it actually looks a little bit like a cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be able to unsee that now. It's the, it's the cricket bat. Yeah, cricket sword. Dude, I mean, yeah. if they're throwing a white and a red, imagine what that beating stick does. Oh my goodness, yeah. I can't wait. I bet you it's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to make a guess here. I'm going to say four black. I'm going to say it's four red. Ooh. I mean, want something to kill Jedi. I mean, um, if, K- if K2SO can like can slap you for four red, oh, then yeah. this All dark right. dark trooper with a cricket bat can... I'm going to say five black. <laughs> it's going to be like the dark All right. saber. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're um, right. The, the other interesting <laughs> the thing same. about this, so like we, we're talking about full armor and like most like tank options are pretty good anti-armor platforms as they are i don't see any anti-armor tech really in this like what we've seen so far which means you could be spending a lot of points for like a quote tank that isn't able to deal with enemy tanks at all so you'd still have to tech into that so okay so here's, okay. A, here's a question yeah Go ahead. Yeah, uh, maybe you have the same question, Jay. Why don't you? Go no, ahead? you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. There, there's a ro- dude with a rocket launcher in this picture. Yeah. Is that it's... supposed to be the grenade launcher thing, or is that like a separate heavy that we still don't know what it does? Ah, sorry, guys. It, it's. I mean, who knows? Like, I, I also agree that I see a rocket launcher there, and I might have to take back my former statement. But uh, yeah, we don't know. It looks like an HH12 to me. It does. Yeah. Um, uh, who knows because uh, i don't yeah. see i don't see like an obvious rocket launcher thing not rocket launcher i don't see an obvious grenade launcher in these minis that said it could just be like a i don't know their guns are just kind of naturally big and beefy looking um so it could be one of those i don't know uh yeah but yeah they also 
have a personnel slot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it was immediately pointed out. Um, I'm sure that this will be somehow. I'm sure this is not going to work because it seems ridiculous. Mm. Um, the, historically, the only units that have personnel slots on them are core units mm. across all factions. Um, this is the first non-core unit with a personnel slot. It is also the first droid trooper unit outside of separatists with a personnel slot. So <laughs> there's a couple of weirdness things here. If you look at the some of the Empire personnel upgrades like the Imperial Officer and um, the comms tech, those are designed to go in like any uh, Empire yeah. core unit with a personnel slot. So all they say on there, since the only units with personnel slots are core units, is Empire only. Um, so at least for right now, unless they errata it or somehow fix it, which I assume they will, you could put like a, what is it? Eight points, an eight point comms tech um, in that extra dark trooper personnel slot. And the way the rules currently work, that is a two health full armor body with a black dice um, for a ranged attack and that two, two dice melee attack for eight points. Um, Not to I mention... Adding whatever comes right <laughs> addition you, onto that. Yeah, throw right? a transponder or something on there. Yeah. Um so or uh, link targeting array. Well, you link targeting array is vehicle only. Oh, vehicle only. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's vehicle or emplacement trooper. Only, yeah, so. right, right. Yeah, you're right. Um, but uh yeah, otherwise, yeah, clearly that would be a ridiculous upgrade <laughs> on that. Um but um yeah, I uh I assume that will be fixed. Um, the 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 even funnier part is the separatists ones, <laughs> specifically the T series and the Viper Droid, say Droid Trooper only. D there's no faction restriction on there. Oh, um, God. And again, you know, when this came out, uh, it was just droids that had core units that were Droid Troopers. So um, this is the first Droid Trooper that's not a separatist unit that has a personnel slot. Um, Right. So technically you could take those. I think those would probably not be as good anyway as the Empire ones, simply because those both have for B2 reasons, those both have one wound print on the, on their card. Yep. Um and the Viper Droid uh, has a sidearm. Actually, they both I, have a sidearm. Yeah. I, but I mean uh a reliable one on these guys sounds uh pretty juicy. It does. Uh I feel like the T series, since it's, I mean, really either model, but the T series, especially since he's a, becomes the unit leader, um, would be kind of a liability with these guys because that means like if you can ever just hit the unit leader. Um, I mean, this is a thing you can already it's do just, with B twos, but yeah, B twos are squishier, so it's less important. Yeah. Um, you can get one wound for two basically if you can scope yeah. the unit leader. Um, so I would, and he's also eighteen points, so he's like the most expensive one of these. Yeah. Uh, will almost certainly not be possible ridiculous <laughs> options um but um yeah i mean reliable on these guys clearly would be good but i don't think it's worth the you know if, if we're talking about this is something that's not going to be in the realm of possible anyway <laughs> yeah. um i would personally fill that slot uh were it legal somehow with the comps tech okay 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 options. all right this is crazy but let's say that's all true I uh -huh. like the I like the Viper recon droid because that's something that's in Empire, right? Yeah. So what you do is you get these guys, you put the Viper on them, and then you uh, put them in the back of a Gav, 
And then you literally just roll the gav in, putting observe tokens on stuff, uh, and then just shoot things on your way in, and then drop the these guys, <laughs> drop these guys off to finish it off. Yeah, I mean the viper has a sidearm, range two, so it doesn't really gel with their pool very well. But yeah, well, no, because what you're doing with the tank is these guys probably wouldn't really shoot out of the tank i mean they may but what you would do is you get them in use the use the observe for the tank the gav tank and then you drop them off and they just melee because it doesn't say sidearm melee no it doesn't that's true yeah. <laughs> so, just slap them, <laughs> slap them with that right away yeah, yeah. um yeah i i i feel like it will be this melee profile is is scary and yeah. certainly thematic with how when you know yeah. when you see um the mandalorian fight them uh but I feel like it will be kind of hard to get them into melee on purpose <laughs> um, just because they're speed one with plotting. Now, clearly they, they go twice. So like they can move forward, you know, roughly eight inches as two speed one moves while firing. Whereas like a, a normal unit would only be moving speed two, which is about six inches forward while firing. Um, but generally speaking, I feel like if your opponent wants to avoid melee with these guys, they're probably going to be able to do that. Um, I don't know. They also don't have charge or anything. So um, now clearly they can only move once. So that's probably irrelevant. But um, yeah, I don't know. Let's. You definitely can get them close to your opponent. Um, why don't we? Why don't we advance the? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking here. of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a teleport, basically. Yeah. So who wants to who wants to read it so okay. audio listeners know yeah, yeah. sorry on. i keep forgetting that the, yeah all right well that's um, why they need to be on youtube subscribing yeah. right now uh you have something i want which of course is one of moff gideon's lines um two units this card cannot be chosen during the first round nice little guardrail there i love the guardrails on these guys Lots of guardrails on the dark troopers. It's a two pip, Um, by the way. Yes, it is a two pip. Uh, After orders have been issued, choose a friendly Imperial dark troopers unit that has a face up order token. Remove that unit from the battlefield, keeping all tokens, then place it on the battlefield beyond range two of all enemy units. Then flip their order token face down. But of course they have essentially implacable, so they can still, they're basically spending their first of two activations to teleport um, with this card, and then they can do whatever they want on their second one once you pull their token again. So... Um, yeah, I mean, basically, you're get depending on their, you know, their heavy weapons and stuff. You're still you're getting an okay dice pool because you're still not gonna get within range for the melee unless your opponent heads right towards them. Uh, yeah. which, you know, maybe with a Jedi they do, but but you know, um, it seems cool. It doesn't seem busted or broken or anything. It seems yeah, fine. Seems neat. Yeah, seems good um yeah i mean this is this is a i feel like the best use of this card is basically to make it so that your opponent can't just put like a strike team or a naked unit or something on their back objective <laughs> oh yep um i mean think of this on intercept or kp oh, yeah. near the end of the game um you know you've got two dark troopers still on the table and it's like you know kp especially is kind of all about counting unit leaders at the end of the game and this really changes your calculus for how you're going to plan to claim your home point. <laughs> right. Um, and same for intercept. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll end up, we'll see what 
yeah. you know, list construction looks like for these guys. But I, I also kind of like it for like recover, right? Yeah. Because most of the time when you recover, you just you're just running backwards into a corner yep. um to hold on to it. And so you drop these guys range too, and then they can start shooting and, and moving in to yeah. disrupt that. The there is also stipulation that you keeping all tokens, that probably also means objective tokens. Yep. Recover. So yeah, like if you recover or hostage or anything that you're just trying to grab something, you like pick it up and then next turn play this and put them off the corner somewhere or in your army or whatever and get them away safely. Well or okay, okay. So your first action with them, right? The first time I guess you have to well um <laughs> Well, no, you could you do it? So could you, you can't order them and then do it. So I was going to say you could like somehow get them a standby and then just drop them range two from something. And as soon as it moves or, or performs an action. Well, even... well I mean, <laughs> in doubles play, you could deploy the garrison on them and then drop them. <laughs> <laughs> I do think deploy the garrison on these guys in general is. Yes. Uh, potentially kind of amazing because they have a they have a dash for suppression, which means they cannot gain suppression. Right. Um, so that is an if you give these guys a standby from deploy the garrison, that is an unstrippable standby. Unless they get force pushed. Right. That would be the only way to do it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. That could be middle management two point You know. And the original middle management was like beers uh, and chronic. That's what I got my uh, my world's invite on. Was yeah, middle, middle management. management. Yep. Yeah. This this is also the first like sort of true during our uh, mid game teleport. The only other one I could think of was Cad Bane. Cad Bane. But but that one like because you have to like use the card like if you want to actually use it as teleport you got to put the token down. Yeah. Like, it's much more difficult to use. It's much more difficult. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this one it can be pretty reactionary because you can just play the card and immediately teleport them like at the start of a turn. So yeah. Seems good. I I like everything about these that we've seen so far. Yeah. I like I like the slot they're in. I think the price is reasonable. Uh, everything seems good about they definitely it. nailed the theme. Yeah. With these guys. Yep. I was curious yep. to see how they were gonna make dark troopers like different than death troopers, and they've definitely succeeded. In... Yep. They're very different. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess we got some more droids to kind of talk about, don't we? Yeah. All right. So for those of you listening, we've now switched the IG88 and IG11 slides. You should come over and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> right, someone this, else. Someone else read these ones. Yeah, Matt. I'm talking to you this time, Matt. <laughs> Get over here and subscribe, pal. Uh, yeah, I'll go. So we have IG-88, Notorious Assassin Droid. He is a mercenary that can go, it looks like, an empire. Uh, he's 110 points. He has armor one, arsenal two, bounty, impervious, and sharpshooter one. He uh, rolls red defense die. He has around about five health. Uh, he has a courage level of almost two, a little, little round two. He surges to crit. Um, he's got his modified DLT 20A rifle, which is a range one to four rifle with two black and a white. He has this modified E11 blaster, which is range one to three, one black and two white, pierce one and versatile. 
He has IG88's Vibro Cleaver, which is a red, black, and a white with Pierce 1. He can get a uh, slew of upgrades, including comms, training, and uh, gear. I don't know if I'd describe that as a slew. Um, three upgrades. I lots. was thinking of the word for gear, and so <laughs> I, was, I was delaying. That's <laughs> what I was doing there. Uh, um, yeah. And, and then do you want to go, you want me to just do both and then we'll, uh, why don't you just, you want to just hit the differences between the two? Like, um, because they're almost the same. Yes. There's really, cool. so there's, there's really like three ways that they're different, I guess. Right. Yeah. So I guess they're, let's start at their weapon profiles. So IG 11, uh, instead of his, the vibro cleaver with Pierce one, he has overpower, which is four red. The second one, the modified E11 blaster, uh, IG-11s does not have versatile, but has Pierce 1. Uh, He surges to hit instead of crit. Um, He has programmed, so he has to equip an AI card. Uh, And he has Gunslinger. He does not have Bounty. And he does not have Arsenal 2. And yeah. And he can be in Rebels because he was the nanny, too. Yeah, yeah. The sort of offensive differences here is basic. Most like the sort of big differences, like uh, eighty-eight has Arsenal two, eleven has Gunslinger, and then eleven doesn't search to crit, only searches to hit, which is sort of a interesting uh, juxtaposition um, between those two keywords because they a lot of times are similar. It means like eighty-eight will have easier time putting damage to on the one target. Whereas 11 could use like his better weapon across multiple targets. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yep. Um, the program slot is interesting. I, uh, from the one card they showed us, it seems like this is going to be how they're going to kind of differentiate the rebel version from the empire version. Um, the, uh, the, they only showed us the rebel card, but it's nanny programming. Um, and it is rebel only. Basically, it allows him to take Grogu, which we'll get to. Um, and he gets AI dodge move. Um, it is yeah. zero points. So um, people are speculating that the other uh, one will be Empire only, and we'll we'll give him like bounty or something like that. Um, I, I I have a I have a theory that the other one will give him bounty and surge to crit. Okay, yeah, that'd be interesting. Because because um, because surge hit on with with gunslinger kind of feels bad it does yeah uh, especially since he doesn't have sharpshooter too exactly. exactly now that said he does have a range four weapon <laughs> yeah um, this is the first gunslinger unit that has more than range two on his base weapon profiles uh, again so. very thematic oh yeah i mean <laughs> i love uh i think that's one of my favorite episodes of the mandalorian where he shows up and like <laughs> body slams those two scout troopers and then just kind of rolls into that um you know, he basically breaks the siege, right? Like he rolls in on a speeder bike. He's got his two arms and he's spinning around and shooting everything. Like it's very thematic for him. Yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, you can gunslinger that DLT 28 at range four. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think it's, I think overall it's slightly worse than IG 88's Arsenal because, um, you know, in a pinch, Arsenal 2 is almost like gunslinger if you need to shoot two separate targets, but you can also shoot the same target with two different weapons. So, um, okay. You I know, wonder that's a, if if the program for Empire get okay. Let's say search to crit, but also self destruct. 
That would be well. So I think that's a command card. Oh, yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we didn't get to see any of the womp, command cards womp, for womp. either of these units, but we did get told about a number of them. So I can go through those. Please get to my thing. Okay, cards we know about. So I, this is. An IG-88 one pip. Actually, first off, they have said that there's five command cards in this box because they both come in the same box. Okay. And what what it seems like to me, just sort of from the spread that we've gotten, is that each of them are going to get two of their own command cards, and then there's going to be one command card that's shared. So that when you bring them, you can, like, if you bring one of them, you'll have three command cards. And then if you bring both of them in the same list, you'll have five of them to share, kind of. Okay. So anyway, so IG-88 one pip, focused on the kill, permanent, while attacking a unit marked as the bounty, that unit can't spend tokens, <laughs> or def- defensive tokens, sorry. <laughs> so like, right, so yeah, if you shoot them, they can't dodge, they can't spend surges. <laughs> um, if IG-88 would suffer wounds greater than or equal to his wound total, he is not defeated until the end of, start of the end phase. This is permanent, by the way. And it's permanent. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Uh, so first of all, just thematically, I love that we finally have an effect in the game um, that somehow triggers based on a target being bountied. Uh, yeah, it's it's not just a victory condition here. It actually like gives IG88 a bonus for attacking his bounty target, which I think is really cool. Um, <laughs> not being able to spend any tokens. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would have chosen that as the, <laughs> the effect, um, but I love the fact of uh, just getting a bonus for attacking a bounty target. Yeah. Um, this uh, not dying until the end phase effect um, is commissioning to see how this gets implemented because it seems like you could basically repair him in the intervening activations and then he wouldn't have enough wounds to die. Um, yeah. And Empire has pretty cheap repair droids, so it seems like that would be a thing you'd want to do anyway. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be curious to see how this looks. This is, I think it probably would have been cleaner if it was like a Sims effect, just because we already have a precedent for that in the game and it does almost the same thing. Um, yeah. But we'll have to see how it's worded. We'll have to see. I'm sure it'll be an FAQ on like what happens if you overwound him? What happens if you repair his wounds back? You know, right. um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think thematically it's really cool. Um, yep. You know, I'm curious to see the exact wording on the card and how they implement it. But yep, yeah, I would agree yep. with that. The uh, next card is IG88 two pip independent programming. This is another permanent card. Each time IG88 issues himself an order, he gains one aim token. As well, IG88 gains independent dodge one. So basically, you get you get a token at the start of any turn. It's an aim if he gets an order, dodge if he doesn't get an order. So, yeah. I dig it. Simple, Simple. effective. Yep. I, I really like command cards like this. Like, this is not complicated to implement. It's potentially very strong. Like, this this could be, you know, if he has three aim, three command cards, um, this could be three free aim tokens, which would be great. Yeah. Um, plus independent dodged. So, um, yep. potentially very strong effect. Super simple. I dig it. Yeah. The, uh, it is also like, these guys, I mean, especially IG-88, just like from those two cards alone, seems like he's going to be pretty command card hungry. Um, like you're going to want to bring his command cards. So just yep. as with most bounty hunters. 
Um, okay, and then the last card we have actual text for is IG88 or IG11. So this is the shared card. Uh, it's a two pip, a machine made for killing. Until the end of the round, the nominated IG unit gains one AM token. Demoralize three and steady. Yep. Can I just comment on how much more polished this wave looks than <laughs> the battle forces? There's yeah. another guardrail here. Um, yeah until the end of the round, the nominated IG unit. So, yeah. because you can field both of them, right? So yeah. at some point, uh, you know, somebody tried this or they had the foresight to put this in there that like, this only works on the one that you order <laughs> if you take both of them. Yeah. Um, and these are, the phrases, phrases like these and the cards that we're seeing um, makes me feel a lot better about the like general quality of this wave than um, relative to the battle forces. So just a yes. small commentary yeah. there, but on, on top of steady, great keyword for them. Oh yeah. Clearly yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, demoralize three. I mean, that's cool. Um, yep. you have to be close to use it. I don't know how often they're going to be like at range two of something at the start of their turn, but, uh, even and just I, for steady, yeah. this is an amazing card. So, I mean, IG 88 kind of feels a little bit like boss where he doesn't want to be super close, but if he is like, even caught a melee or close he has some tools to deal with it yep. like he has like his uh, melee like his, his arsenal too so he could like hit someone with his melee weapon while also shooting out with his pistol so he has like two three dice um pools that both have pierce on them which seems pretty good yeah yeah i can see ig11 wanting to be a little closer just because he's got that gunslinger and he's got a range three pierce yeah. weapon so yeah um, yeah i mean like like ig like IG-11 probably wants to exist at range three. And then IG-88 is kind of comfortable existing anywhere from melee to range four. But, yep. pro but probably also wants to exist mostly in that range three uh, band as well. Yeah, we'll have to see what his self-destruct command card looks like. Yeah. So yeah, then the last card, we don't know anything about it except it's a self-destruct card. Um, seems pretty self-explanatory. It's probably like IG-11's one pip. Because mm -hmm. we don't ever really hear IG-88 talking about self-destruct, as far as I know, but it's a pretty core uh, plot yeah. point for IG-11. <laughs> so, hey, he won't yep. shut up about it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he finally does. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Loving those. Uh, I mean, it's about time, right? Since... Bounty hunters were a thing. We've wanted IG-88. And then since Mandalorian introduced IG-11, we wanted him too. And, you know, that I think the first, Kyle, you know, you were saying you like the further down the road scene when he's on the on the bike. But like my favorite scene was the first episode where he showed up and he's just like spinning and killing things and that little that little town was so good you know and you're like ah yeah there it is that's that's what these guys are supposed to be like you know yep um, um can i just say that i hope the ig11 model comes with a way to make the baby bjorn and put grogu <laughs> in it yeah that would be cool yep i'm sure somebody <laughs> will convert that if not yeah yep. oh yeah Speaking of, we can move on. So uh, for those of you listening on audio, big mistake. This is the best slide <laughs> we have. You should go to the YouTube right now and subscribe. Uh, so the next is Din Jaren and Grogu. Who wants to handle this one? 
I can. Um, so we start with Dinjarin, the Mandalorian. Um, he's an operative, five health, uh, courage three. Uh, he can go in both, like, so he is a mercenary, um, but he can go in both Empire and Rebels. Um, he surges to crit and surges to block with red defense dice. Comes at a base of two, speed two, but we'll talk about that later. Um, his keywords, he has Arsenal two, Bounty, Impervious, Independent Aim one and Dodge one, so he can get both of them. He also has Tactical one, and then his weapons are... Um, in melee, he has a vibro knife, which is two black dice, lethal one. And then he has a range one to two pistol, which is two red and a black, but also has long shot one, lethal one, and versatile. So a lot of keywords that want aims. So this is, he probably wants a lot of aims. Um, and then his, he's 105 points. He can take two trainings, a comms upgrade, two gear, and an armament. armament. Yep. Yep. I, There's a lot going on. <laughs> there is. Actually, I really like this unit card. It's um Yep. It's kind of, you know, it gives you that Mando flavor. Like you got the Mando staples on here with the, the five health and um yep. you know the impervious and stuff like that. Um there's some other things about his kit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I like almost everything that they previewed, except for some other things about Din's kit, which we'll get to. Um, but I love this unit card. His pistol is basically like he's kind of like a cross between Boba and Cassian. His pistol is almost yep. a carbon copy of Cassian's pistol. He has tactical. Um, he can get to um, he can get the jump with, with speed three. He's got an upgrade for that, um, yep. which I guess we can get to. Uh, do you want to do Grogu real quick? And then we can do, yeah, we can do stuff. Grogu and then we can start talking about his kit. Uh, so Grogu, he's a counterpart to Injarn. Uh He's seventeen points. Um, he's one health and small. And then he has two sort of important keywords, one bad, one good. Ooh. So we'll start with bad, hunted. So when Grogu is defeated, replace his mini with an, with an unclaimed the asset objective token. Grogu may never be restored. Each trooper unit gains uh, action, claim the asset. Um, and then at the end of the game, if an enemy unit has claimed the asset, uh, they get a victory token. So... I don't want to say that we came up with this first, <laughs> uh, but we came up with this first. So if you guys look at the fifth trooper event deck, we may have something exactly like this that we have had for years. Just want to throw that out there. So, you know, not saying they took it from us, but it feels kind of like they did. <laughs> Regardless of whether that's true or not, I love this ability on here yeah. um I, it's very thematic for starters yeah but i like that it's there's an actual potential liability for taking him given his cost and his other ability so yep. yeah um yes yeah, so then his other ability latent power at the end of your activation you may gain one suppression token to roll one defense die on a surge result choose an enemy unit at range one of this mini and that unit gains two suppression and two immobilized tokens on a blank result, remove a wound or poison token from a friendly non-droid trooper unit at range one of this mini. I love that this is variable. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was super worried when I first saw this concept that he was just going to like give Din Djarin a four slot. And then you have essentially what is, I mean, it'd be boring because you just probably put 
like, you know, push or maybe they have a force heal or something in there. Um, I love that this is like roll a dice and see what happens. I, that, I think yeah. that's great. It's, it's very Grogu to me because he doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's incredibly powerful, but also just randomly does cool stuff. Yeah, he's a toddler with the force, basically. <laughs> like For anyone yeah. with a toddler, you know, they don't really do much of anything on purpose. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I mean, both of those abilities are hot fire. Um, like giving yeah. something, immobilized tokens could just win you the game pretty easily. And then like... Oh, yeah. And removing wound tokens is great in all armies, but when you're almost by definition paired with Din, I mean, you can go with IG-11, but if you're with Din, removing wound tokens is great. Um, the slightly weird thing about that, though, is you can't restore at minis with that ability. Right. Like, I mean, from what from the reminder text anyway, it just says remove a wound or poison token, so you can't, like, use Grogu as, like, a gunline healer. Um, but, I mean... Which Rebels I like. Yeah, it's oh, it's a good, it's a good, another good guardrail. Um, but uh, for rebels who like their heroes and with the hero that he's going to be likely paired with, uh, pretty good. <laughs> Do we know? Am I not remembering this? Do we know what small means? Uh, yeah, cannot draw so, range to it. Right, and it doesn't count for, and it doesn't count for cover purposes. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Um, importantly, the latent power though does call out this mini. So the latent power, like either if you're immobilizing something, you're healing yourself, um, the range for that is from Grogu. Mm-hmm. So where you put Grogu is a little bit important yep. um, because you'll have to move him, then use latent power to get your random effect. Um, and also because when he dies, or if when he dies, you put the token where he is. So there's going to be some thinking about where you want to put, like, you can be like because he's small he doesn't matter for range or anything so you can put grogu anywhere within cohesion that you really want but like whether you're you probably want to try to keep him away from your enemy so you probably want to put him behind din that probably also means you're farther away from like if you get the one out of six immobilize um role you want to make sure he's like in range one of something to put that mm-hmm. on and so it's it's an interesting interesting little thing yeah yeah, for those that have used Aiden, if he functions pretty much exactly like ID ten. Yep. Mechanically speaking, clearly mm-hmm. the hunted and latent power bits are very different. But <laughs> the small, as far as the small keyword and counterpart Same. is concerned. What? Yeah. So now, what if you have both Din and IG eleven? They both have counterpart Grogu. Yeah, you could put them uh, on well, one counterpart. Of them. He's got counterpart for both of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's unique, so you put him on one of them. So so if one were to die, he wouldn't get counterpart to the other one? No. Because because his health pool, because how counterpart works, the health pool kind of becomes shared. Gotcha. So like now, importantly, it also makes Din an extra health or yeah. IG-11, right? Now, you don't want him to die. So like, but I mean, if it's end of the game, it does like it does make Din effectively six health before like the unit is off the table. Yeah, probably more because you're going to roll some blanks over the course of the, of the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, just wondering. Yeah. All right. Here so we go. Moving on <laughs> to the insanity. Uh, all right. So for uh, the weapons uh, upgrade, you have Din's Amban rifle. Amban. Amban. Am. Ban. 
Amban? Amban. Amban. Aban? Amban. Uh, rifle. It is, uh, you know, three black and uh, uh, melee. Uh, and mobilize two, suppressive. For two actions, if you are not engaged, perform a speed one move. Then choose an enemy unit in line of sight. Roll one red attack die. If the result is a wound or a surge, which it most likely will be, uh, chosen unit <laughs> suffers one wound and gains one suppression token. What one hit or crit result? What did I say? Wound and surge. Oh, I'm sorry. One hit or crit. <laughs> yeah, it's 75% chance, sorry. basically. Notably yeah. not on here, surge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is not an attack, so you're not using... There's lots of other reasons that's also relevant, which we'll get into, but um, you're not yeah. using Din's surge conversion chart because this is not an attack. So, yeah, um, yeah I um, <laughs> I love the theme behind this, and I love the intent behind like a giant sniper rifle that just essentially auto wounds. Um, I have some concerns around the fact that this is not an attack because it has a lot of weird game interactions that are not intuitive by virtue of not being an attack. For example, um, you can shoot into melee. Uh, and by shoot, uh, I mean use this ability into melee because you're not actually making a ranged attack. Um, you can do it on something inside a closed transport. Um, there are weird things around like wound removal. Like if you shoot a strike team with this, um, your opponent and their corner peeking, which for the uninitiated means that you're like hiding the non-unit leader model and then you have the, the sniper model out invisible, which is the common way to use strike teams. Since this is not a ranged attack, um, your opponent would have to remove the hidden model. So you can basically like reverse scope a strike team by killing the hidden model and leaving the visible model out there with one wound. And then, you know, if you do last first, you can basically just kill a strike team even though they have one model hidden with this. Um, there's just, there's lots of weird, like not intuitive, uh, confusing game interactions that result from this being not an attack. Um, I feel like this, I would be much more okay with this if this essentially was like, a, you know, an unlimited range sniper rifle like Iden or Cassian's, except it had some, you know, disintegrate or whatever, some additional yeah. keyword on it that basically just ignored Pierce, Pierce immune. Um, and just like, you know, basically skipped the roll defense dice step and just automatically caused the wound. I think that would have done almost the same thing without these other potentially confusing interactions. Um, yeah. but I don't know. I, it's just, I, it's weird. I don't know. It's weird. It seems like, it seems like instead of using the existing building blocks of the game, which are keywords, um, they kind of just like text wall vomited what they wanted this to do and then in the process um created some of these weird interactions um i don't know balance wise it seems ridiculously good against force users who generally have low health pools but rely on defensive tech and being hidden right. in melee <laughs> um to survive um you know i've seen people be like well if they, he spends his whole game doing you know four wounds to a force user like is that really worth his time and it's like yeah <laughs> someone that plays force users a lot yeah um i mean we on our force user episode we talked like even if you can do like two to three wounds to a force user on the way in 
and they have two to three wounds left once they get to your lines. Like they're pretty effectively neutered because that's yeah. getting punched to death range. Um, this continues to do wounds once they're in, yeah. right? Like one wound to turn to a force user is actually kind of a lot. Well, and I would even say reverse, right? So, so let's say he wasn't doing this the whole time and you, you bomb in with Luke, let's say OP Luke, and he took some wounds on the way in, but he's effectively in the enemy lines. Well, now the whole thing that they do, which is tie up a melee so they can't be shot or wounded, that effectively is gone now because I've had OP Luke, you know, just killing stuff with one wound left. Oh, yeah. And like nothing's going, you know, like, yeah, okay, you can't touch me. Yeah, okay, boom, 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 one wound. Do, do, do. Well, now, now that's over, right? So it's super common for me yeah. to end a game with a force user on one to two wounds. Yep. Um, yep. They're always like right on that knife's edge. Um, so yeah, I, this is going to be really s- strong against force users. It'll be probably less good against like a droid army where you're just, you know, yeah. your yeah. options are like B1s. Although droids, clearly scepters also bring force users. Like this would be great against Dooku. Um, but it's also, I mean, we'll have to see what the opportunity cost is here. They didn't show us the Beskar spear, which I think is going to be the other armament here. Um, but like 10 points is not that much for... No something that is potentially extremely strong deterrent against the fourth user. I mean, effectively um, it's 10 points for six wounds. It doesn't right. matter what it's well, probably it's less than six. Cause you still got to roll a dice, but four and a half wounds. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Right. It's it, not an auto. It, right. It, 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 you also like, even if you are bringing this and your plan is use this as a sniper, you're probably not shooting it every single turn because yeah. like, Right, like, but I mean, if you shoot it two or three times at like I don't know Yoda, and then do two or three wounds to him, that's uh, definitely worth its cost. Yeah. Um, yep. It's it's also like it'll be interesting to see his spear because like this rifle, so it's like three black um, melee immobilized two attack, um, combined with his knife gives you five black dice search crit with lethal one. And immobilized too, which is kind of amazing. Which, well, it's super important because it means like, so we'll see the command cards later, but like he has a relentless command card. You could double move in, which gives you two aim tokens and like guarantee a wound to get the immobilized token on like non-immune pure stuff. So that way you could like dive in almost like a force user, even on unactivated units. Because once you're immobilized, you can't withdraw. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is really good, even just as a melee weapon. If you never use the the ranged ability, yeah. it's. Um, it's. I. I. I am personally a little bit sad that like the ability is so good because I think if this were just a really regular sniper, I would just take it and use it mostly as a melee club. Right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, there there are very few effects in the game that hand out immobilized tokens at all, much less two immobilized yeah. tokens. Yeah. With um, with 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 lethal backing it up, like that's right. Right. Like I don't think there are any piercing immobilized attacks right now well um, um palp palp yeah but his just gets immobilized anyway but that's only and that's only on his command card turn and now yeah. he'll die exactly so um yeah um i mean i would totally just take this for the melee and any any shots that you pop off kind of on the way in are a bonus i know it's two actions but you also get a speed one move so yeah you know. i mean i i i also like i think the effect if it were like on a black die, so it were 50%, or you didn't get the speed one move, like take it down like one notch. And I think I'm way more okay with it. Or but make it a ranged attack. So or the, make it a ra- uh, yeah. the rules actually <laughs> yes. apply to it in ways that you expect. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, even if their intent is they don't like they want it to be going be able to go around those kind of things. Like the speed one move is amazing because it means you can do it sort of on the approach and you just yeah. keep advancing in. And the red attack die is just very consistent. So yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see whether it ends up being a, a balance issue. I think it's just very uninteractive. Like things that you know don't let your opponent spend tokens or even roll dice. Um, I think are generally clearly like a game can have those things, right? Like we have force choke, we have force yeah. push. Um, but those are also they're more interactive than this in that they're very short ranged, A. Um, and B, they're force powers, so they're gated behind incredibly expensive units. Um but well, just and, the fact and, that they're and, range one. Yeah, and know. force choke is stopped. You can't, it's not commander or operative, right? Exactly. So there's even yeah. more gates to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so going along with ungated, uh, we have the whistling birds, which is a three pip, uh, during his activation, Din Djarin gains action, choose up to three enemy units at range one and in line of sight for each chosen unit, roll one white attack die for each mini in that unit. That unit suffers one wound for paint. Basically you roll any paint on a white die for every mini. They suffer a wound. This is essentially like fire three spray weapons with high velocity and immune pierce, or not immune pierce, high velocity and like pierce 10. Yeah. Um, and also, and, and also works into melee <laughs> and blast. Yeah. Um, I actually, this one, this one I have less of a problem with because, I mean, for two reasons. The first is that it's range one, um, right? It, actually, three reasons. So it's range one. So that's consistent with other sort of like auto target abilities that, you know, are at least very short ranged. Um, the second is it's a command card. So you can only do this one time. Yep. Um, and then, um, you know, you know what? I just forgot what the third one was. Maybe it was just those two. Well, oh, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's, the third it's... the third is that it makes more thematic sense than like yes. yeah. a sniper rifle shooting into melee because these are like homing devices, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, these getting into melee, you know, he's practically in melee in this in this yeah. card art. Um, so that makes a little more sense thematically that you'd be able to do this into melee because they're tiny yeah. little homing missiles. Yeah. Um, the, this, this also gameplay-wise is a three-pip. Yeah. So likely your opponent is has operate like has at least one activation to like back something important out of range. Yep. Um so, or tie or tie him up in melee or something. Or tie exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, like it's if this were a one pip, it would like I mean it'd still be fine, but the three pip also gives the interactivity yeah. to the opponent. Yeah. So yeah it's, a, think, it's a lot more interactive. Yeah. And but I think it pairs nicely with the flame projector. Right, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, also important, like, listening birds aren't an attack, so right. you can use them as well as attack, right? Yep, um, he's yeah. super dangerous at close range. Oh, he, yeah. Um, so speaking of flame projector, so first off, this is a gear upgrade, not a weapon, which is interesting, yeah. And we need <laughs> to be clear, so let's all remind you too, he has arsenal too. And also his pistol has versatile. So yep. it's a lot going on. There's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Timing um, up in melee may not be the best idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so flame projector, it's eight points. Uh, so it's melee to range one, typical flame power kind of stuff. One red die with spray. So you get as many red die 
dice as uh, minis in the unit you're attacking. Uh, it has blast, like flamethrowers, and suppressive. So just pretty standard flamethrower, but combined with the rest of his kit is pretty pretty good. Now, this this yep. does expend, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Important note, on the card, well, <laughs> here we go. On the card, it does not have the expend uh, icon. However, AM, uh, people have stated that it is an expend card. They said on the stream specifically that it was supposed to be expend, right? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. We have multiple cards that are misprinted now. Uh, Smoke grenades, potentially this one. Crit Um, crit to block. Crit to block. (laughs) The double-sided shield tokens. How do you handle that as a TO? Crit to block's an easy one to handle. That's yeah, right. Yeah. But 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 the ones like okay, let's say I'm a new player. I, I don't listen to this podcast. I have let's make it easy and say I have smoke grenades. And my opponent goes, Oh yeah, you gotta get rid of that now. I'm like, well, where's it say that? It's like, well, that's the misprint. And like, well, where would I know that? Do you know you know what I mean? Like that seems like if this is the same thing, because okay, they're showing us this. He's coming out soon. I'm assuming it's already been in production again. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, let's let's just to say it is like, how do you handle that as a TO or a judge? Uh, I, I mean, would, if uh, they keep sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, if these kinds of mistakes keep happening, if I were running an event, I'd be leaning towards just like printer list off. Print it off and from one of the sites, yeah. Print it off from one of the sites. And if you want to bring your cards, great. If you don't, also fine. Yeah. I think, too, you have to... I almost wonder... I was going to say someone in the community, but it's probably going to be us. If we have to, like, <laughs> build... Uh, if we, you know, you just build, like, a tournament document that just has all the cards... That are and then when people sign up for the tournament, you just send you know that's part of their player kit. You be like, hey, here's all the real cards that we'll be using in this tournament. So before you submit your list, make sure you look at all the erratas and all the misprints and everything else. Oh, and here and uh, we'll pr- be providing uh, bark bases for all your swoop <laughs> bikes if you uh, are going to be using those. I, I, I mean, I think this is a topic we don't have time for tonight, but there really needs to be a tournament. <laughs> There needs to be a tournament doc. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I mean, technically, we have the old FFG one, which is essentially what people are using. But yeah. Um, no, I mean, personally, I don't actually think that's as big of a deal as you might think, simply because we already have quite a few errated cards from the yeah. last balance yeah. update. And people don't, at least don't. in my experience at tournaments, people are not generally confused about them. Um, you know, if, if, if they're their own units, they've gone to the sites and then printed them out and they know what the errata is. And, and most people that go to tournaments are experienced enough to at least know to look at the list builder sites. So, and, yeah. and at least experienced enough to have sort of yeah. a fact of errata, um, yeah. you know, know that the errata is a thing and then some of the cards may be different. So I, I guess it's still, no, do I think it's going to be a huge deal? No, 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 no. But, but it's still a thing. <laughs> That you know it's going to happen. It's 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 weird that this is a result of a printing error instead of like a balance errata. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah. A- anyway, the last di- don't the you last... anyway me. I'll kick anyway. you off this podcast Anywho. so fast. 
I'll, I'll take my PowerPoint and run. Um, <laughs> the uh, the last DIN um, thing is the ma- the jetpack. Uh, so he increases his maximum speed by one and gets jumped to, i.e. he becomes a standard Mandalorian speed-wise um, for 15 points, uh, and it's a gear upgrade. I mean, yeah, I think that's yeah, good. good. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he's, with all this crazy stuff they had, yeah, you have to make that, like, cost something, right? You can't yeah. just, yeah. you well, can't this have is, this speed three, jump two, and everything yeah. else. Like, yeah, this is appropriately costed. Yeah. I mean, it also, like, with that 15 points, it also makes them 120, which is the same cost as Boba. As Boba, yeah. Which makes sense. Yep. yep. Um, but it, like 15 points does, I, I think most of the time you're probably putting it on them if you take it. Yeah, I think so but too. 15 points is enough that it makes you think probably. Um, yeah. Especially like, especially if you want to bring him with his rifle to be a sniper, um, you probably just bring him and his sniper for 115 points. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's like a great use of him. No, I um, I don't think so either. But it's but yeah, you could. It gives you that option. Yeah, because yeah, like it's... fully kitted out, but then becomes like 150, 160 points. Um, like if you bring, like you sort of like throw all the toys on him. Yeah, which It'd be a lot of toys, but yeah, it's a lot of toys, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what the spear does. Um, yes, I, I have right now. I have a hard time seeing given how good the, the rifle is in melee how the yeah. spear would be a better alternative but i guess we'll see you know what i you know what i think they really i'm uh, not messed up and i don't blame amg for this because this is something across multiple companies at this point but the dark saber because now we now have what four to five characters who have all had the dark saber at one point, but we but we're gonna have individual dark sabers for every single one. Like that seems strange. I think it's uh, fine. I think it, thematically maybe it makes sense, but like it's just interesting, right? That you have the Sabine Wren only dark saber, the Maul only dark saber, the you know you're gonna have the Muff Gideon only dark yeah. saber, the Din Char- You know, like I, it's just interesting, I, and maybe this is the best way to do it. I, I don't think it's bad. I just it's just like so. There's 30 copies of dark saber uh, that I have to have in order. To- <laughs> to like run all these people that are using the same weapon and i understand it based on the lore and everything right it reacts differently to everybody but it's it's just an interesting it's just interesting yep you you know you're being real dismissive tonight Tim. And <laughs> i i uh i've had enough <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's because of who's next it's the one i'm very excited for <laughs> That is oh, a, that is a cool skull. I'm like man, we haven't even talked about this yet. That is a cool. That is a really cool skull. So this yeah. is old man Boba Fett, even though uh, he's yeah. not that old. He's like what forty yeah. five or something, <laughs> like forty, like something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm forty. Like, like you know, like I'm like oh oh, you know, he's not that old in this. Like <laughs> older Boba. Yeah, older. Old, yeah. <laughs> Not as young. Boba. He did spend some time in a starlight pit. I'm sure that you know does some yeah. things to your body. Yeah. The um. Well, I mean, okay, of... okay. He's not Sorry. that much older, right? Like realistically, timeline wise, it's only like what six years or something. Or yeah, like... five or six years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
he's, he's, a, he's almost exactly five years older than he was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, like we're he, acting like it's 30 years, but it's, it's he, five. He uh, he is uh, 41 years old in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Tim. What were you going to say? Um, oh, I was just going to say about the mini. This is, as AMG stated, this is their first like fully AMG designed mini. Yeah. So, yeah, I you, can, it's nice. you can see it. I yeah. will say, um, as much as we comment on all the mistakes they make, one thing that is for sure, I, and I'm not going to comment on the ability to put them together, but the way they look, <laughs> their minis are amazing. Like they're the, great. The, yeah. yeah, like they've got the, the just the profile and the like you know the way that they stand and pose oh man they're all all their stuff like from marvel crisis protocol is just beautiful yeah i agree no yeah. complaints there whatsoever i yeah. love the, i know some people don't like the tactical rocks i love the tactical rocks yeah i think it's great yeah. and and so far in my experience they've made the tactical rocks in a way that like if you want to put your own thing under them yeah Right, like Maul is jumping off the piece of uh, glass, but it's not like his foot is part of the base. So, like, I've seen conversions where people have him like jumping off a log or jumping yeah. off a B1 body. Or yeah, I think like. I showed uh, last time you were on, Tim, like, I have him yeah. jumping off a stone, right? Like, I put yeah. my own stone in yeah. there. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like that stuff. It's, it makes it, it just makes it better. Anyway, so it's more dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Let's, talk let's talk about, about this card. Yeah. Jinx. Uh, Kyle and I both trying to move this along yeah. while we're also talking. Uh, so uh, Boba Fat, does that say the old and the wise? The old and the wise. Old yeah. and wise. Five yeah. years older. Five years five, older. Five years. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he is 120. Uh, he is rebels only. Well, not only, but he's a mercenary and uh, he can go in the rebels. He has jump one. Arsenal 2, Impervious, Independent Standby. Uh, that's so good. Sentinel, that makes it even better. Sharpshooter 1 and Tactical 1. Uh, he is an operative. He rolls red defense dives. You know, averages 5 health or so. Um, he's got a round 3 courage. He uh, surges to crit and surges to uh, lock on defense. He is speed 2. Uh, he has Fats EE3 Carbine, which is range one to three. It's three black pierce one. And he has Fats Stick, uh, which is three red and Duffy. one black. Um, the, this is really not, uh, these are really blurry. Uh, two training and two gear slots per, yeah. Yeah. Yes, these are the most blurry of the images, unfortunately. I guess he's older. <laughs> By five years and so a little slower. You can't jump he as is. high and he can't move as fast. But boy, hey, that, that's sorry like digestion still. that really ages you. Yeah. The old and the wise. Yeah. Uh yeah, so jump jump one instead of two. Um clearly he has one less weapon on his card. Yep. Um the big difference. Well, actually, there's actually a lot of differences between him and quote unquote, we'll call him a young boba younger boba um i mean his offensive profile just in general is like significantly worse yep. um i don't think that's a hot take he's also slower um 
but you know independent standby is like potentially uh-huh. kind of amazing um I, it's interesting that i don't know i i have a hard time seeing how to consistently get value out of this um probably the best way would be to just put them in melee right because then it can't be stripped or much less likely to be stripped because suppressive weapons are pretty rare in melee. Clearly you could force push them, but um, it's a lot harder to strip a standby in melee. Um, but he's also slower and he doesn't have charge or anything. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it seems like, it seems like if you're just using it to like pop off free range, three shots with his three dice carbine, like, yeah, it's, a, you know, potentially a free attack or a free move, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it feels very binary to me. There are going to be situations where this is amazing, and there are going to be situations where he just gets it stripped before he pulls token. Yeah, but yeah, the the standby is like once you get him in, it's his melee hedge, right? Um, it does not feel like a ranged option because then you'll just get them shot off. I mean, you're still forcing your opponent to make a particular decision, yeah. right? Like, maybe they don't want to shoot Boba near the beginning of the round. Maybe they want to do something else. I, um, I mean, and it's also like, oh, like, for whatever reason, I literally can't get Boba in order. Well, he gets a standby. Yeah. That's not that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The other positive is, I guess, Rebels can play a lot of Mandalorians now. They sure can. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. so that's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're limited basically by your operative slots, but you can have yeah, two Mandalorian operatives, and then I guess it's five, right? So it's really not yeah. it's really not any more than Shadow Collective. Yeah, no, but by it's just nice that Rebels can have it now, right? Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have the most Mandalorian characters, that's for sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, he does not have bounty, which is also relevant. That nope. is true. Um, oh, also, two other important things as we go through these. They have said that both that he will have weapon upgrades. They did not preview what they were. Um, but he will have gear slot weapon upgrades. Um, and they have also said both sets of Bobo's command cards, so Young Bobo and then these new ones that we're going to look at, are compatible with both versions of Bobo. Yeah. So, like, so any, good. <laughs> anything Bobo can take, both Bobos can take. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I Personally... Um, <laughs> I say this as someone that just finally put Boba Fett together this weekend. Um, <laughs> I think this is like the supercharged young Boba Fett expansion pack. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, let's talk about these command cards. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, so you have which one do you want to do first? You want to do three? You want to start at three and go up? No, one start at down. one. Start right. at one. <laughs> so you have your one pip, a simple man. If Boba Fett is not issued an order with this card, you can issue one unit. If he is not issued an order with this card, Boba Fett gains Marksman. This round gains one aim token and increases the range of his range weapon by one to a maximum of five. If Boba Fett is issued an order with this card at the start of the activation phase, a unit at range one of Boba Fett may perform a speed one move. That's kind of confusing. Yeah. I mean, so uh, don't give him an order, I guess. I'd <laughs> Well, I think honestly, I think the free speed one move is better than Eight, yeah. And the other effects uh, that he would otherwise get on this card. An an um, out of phase move followed by like that is a one pip is really amazing. Yeah, it's no time for sorrows, which is a great card uh, as uh, a well, one pip. But 
yeah, like because, it, but also because it's one pit, like you have the opportunity to move thing and then also potentially win the roll off or just win priority to like go with that unit or go with a different unit or. Well, and I think there's nothing stopping you from using this on Boba himself either with the speed one yep. move because he is at you. You're at range one of yourself, yep. um, and it doesn't say another unit. It humorously enough, it does not even say a friendly unit. Um, yeah, I don't see why you'd want to use this on an enemy unit because unlike force push, the language here, I think, would seem to indicate that your opponent would get to do the move, <laughs> which means you're just giving your opponent's unit a free move. Um, Clearly, this is supposed to just be friendly units, and you'd never want to. I can't think of a game situation where you'd want to give an opposing unit a free speed one move. Um, but yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I think you're mostly using this for the speed one move thing. I guess he gets yeah. his independent if you don't issue an order with this, which is nice. Um, he gets a free aim token. The range weapon thing, I, I guess we'll see what his weapon upgrades are, but yeah, you know, making his three dice weapon range four. Okay, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I think the best use for that is actually making like young Boba's rockets range three. So yes. you can shoot a five dice attack at range three. Yep. Um, yeah, this is a lot better on young Boba, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. His two pip making his way in the galaxy. The order goes to Boba Fett. Boba Fett may not perform attack actions during his activation. At the end of his activation, Boba Fett may perform an attack with only the following weapon against each enemy unit at range one and in line of sight. So it's a melee range one, two red and black, blast, impact one, versatile. Yeah, it's like uh, Grievous. Grievous. Yeah. yeah. Except it has blast. Grievous does not ignore cover. <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, This is his approach card. This yep. is the card you play to get him in. I, yep. I also think so. One of like especially older Boba's training slots probably tenacity mm -hmm. because it then he suddenly goes like his regular attacks four red and a black and this attack will go to three red and a black and suddenly you're doing some pretty solid damage in melee. Um, yeah. Also, 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 um, it blast on all these weapons. Uh, older Boba actually can use that because he has sharpshooter one. Not yep. two. <laughs> yeah finally, uh, finally. <laughs> the blast on the three pip has a three pip rocket has a purpose yeah yep. um all right speaking of three pips you want to hit roll with respect sure i'm gonna do it tim not you okay. i not you rule okay. with respect that's what i'm doing right now uh boba fat and two units well, Boba Fett has a face-up order token. When a friendly unit at range one and in line of sight of him makes a ranged attack, add one black die to one of that unit's attack pools. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no, like, this is uncapped, right? There's no, like, face-up requirement. I mean, Boba Fett's order has to be face-up. Yeah. Um, but clearly you're playing this on, like, an approach turn where you want to go last with him anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're just giving your entire gun line extra black dice. Um, yeah, you just yeah, sit him, sit him next to Bosk and a couple snipers. Yeah, three <laughs> dice, uh, three dice snipers. Yeah, three yeah. dice well, more or four dice mortars. Could, could be uh, rebel snipers, two black and a white with surge hit. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Yeah, with Pierce and sharpshooter at range five. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, throw an extra dice on a DLT. 
yeah. uh, Rebel DLT captain. Um, yeah, like, uh, and it's it's like all of the above. It's not you know which yeah. of these should you right. give the boss guys to. It's <laughs> it's all of yeah. them. So yeah, I, this is super good on both versions of, of Boba. I I think it's really interesting on young Boba in an Empire gun line on things like mortars and snipers and shores. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Super good card. Another very simple effect um, that is also very strong. And and also does actually give your opponent a little bit of counterplay, like because it has to be face up. You could like, it means that Boba's kind of stuck there for most of the turn, which he probably would be anyway. It also means like pin down, pin down, or the five hundred fifth first card. Yay! Yeah, Uh, knock that order off, and and this doesn't work anymore. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I dig it. I, those are all amazing on young Boba. Um, yeah. Pretty decent on on older Boba. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm like I'm buying this and then just using all the cards on Empire Boba. <laughs> yeah, the the one one of the gross combos I thought for doubles because apparently I, I my mind thinks about that now <laughs> is you play Cassian's one pip and this card at the same time. <laughs> so you shoot Cassian's one pip gunslinger with three dice each attack. Yeah. Or lay Le- or Leia's coordinated bombardment yeah. with three attacks yeah. with three dice and sharpshooter two. Yeah. 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 This this card is sounds like a fun time for exploiting for doubles. It has some amusing doubles potential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I you know, I think my favorite part about all of this, because a lot of these are coming out soon, right? Like like uh within the next three to four three months or so um is just going into like lvo and adepticon and stuff worlds i mean gosh you can't it's going to be real impossible to like plan to know what you're going to see across the table like you like all comers lists are going to have to be more popular or you know or something like i think you could still do like wacky lists that no one sees coming but they got to be really good now because there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff you could be facing you know um yeah it's pretty cool and i think my all comers list is going to be din and boba or din and ig88 i yeah the uh that's going to be my all comers list oh so when I in thinking about old, like uh, older Boba in my local community Discord, so Ploy works with him really well because mm. you get your standby and also order control. Yep. But also, someone suggested Lando might actually have a use because you could use his two pip, so you could like play whatever command card, not give Boba an order, and then he would get a standby, and then Lando could use his two pip Ace in the hole to give uh, Boba an order or like activate them when you want yep so because you you want order control on boba but generally that would, yes. be, that would be two ways to get a standby on boba and then still order control so i mean i will say independent standby just of all the independent keywords objectively seems like the best <laughs> um it's just the context uh you know old boba's unit card doesn't really have that strong attacks on it um but like the independent standby kind of gets around one of the primary drawbacks of independent, which is that you don't have control. Like he gets to do something in response. That's yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is a super I, strong keyword in general. Yeah. I mean, I'm very interested to see the weapon upgrades that Boba will get. Cause yeah. even like, like some kind, cause he has arsenal too. If you could get any kind of versatile weapon or like a second melee weapon, 
that he could really take advantage of with his standby. Because likely you're trying to get get him in melee, use the standby in melee, and then like yeah. if you have Tenacity on him, well that's four black and a red, or sorry, four red and a black, which is already great. But like if you could then also like shoot a pistol out in with versatile, that would just sort of double down on that and make that inc- even more incredible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean you could even like I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff. With like Din and, and Boba, like they both have comm slots, so you could give them you could give them all kinds of interesting things. Like you fly them, like fly them both in, and they have comms jammer. Yeah, like and you just can't. Oh, you can't. You can't activate. <laughs> Those two together are going to be a nightmare. As like yeah, a duo. Um, I, young Boba specifically, and Din. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, em- well, Empire versions. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, overall, I think it's kind of hard since we got sort of like half pictures of all this stuff to fully assess how this is going to affect, you know, the competitive environment. Yeah. Um, I love the theme on pretty much all of this. Um, and like I said earlier, it all seems much more polished than like the Battle Force wave, which, I, which is great. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. Other than the rifle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, listen. I'm I'm more of an optimist. I think on some of this stuff, and I I, I see how it ha, it could be a problem. But I don't know the way most games play out. You know, it's not like you're gonna get as many wounds as you really think yeah, yeah, you're and, going to get, right? Like you may get one or two, probably. And I think people are are a little too focused on that part of it. I think yeah. for me, the biggest problem is just that it like it breaks all the rules and in some ways it does it in ways that are not intuitive to, you know, a veteran, much less like a new player, you know, you show up to a local game store with this and you're like, all right, you know, I'm going to shoot you in your closed transport or I'm going to shoot you in melee or I just damaged your strike team. You got to remove the model that's hidden. Like the fact that it just breaks all the normal ranged attack rules in ways that are not intuitive. I think it's like if you set aside the balance and how good it's actually going to be to use yeah. Din as a sniper, which I think is still, you know, jury's out on that. If you set all that aside, like it just brings up a lot of weird, confusing interactions that I think could have just been avoided by making this arranged attack with like a new keyword that ignores saves or something. I don't know. Um, and they could, you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe the. Maybe they'll come out with a ruling that clarifies it. I doubt it. Who but knows? It's, yeah. it's going to be complex. You're right. Like, because there's a lot of weird interactions that you're just going to be like, oh, so my sniper that I specifically hid behind here and is range seven or six from here right now, you, oh, you just kill him because you yep. can see the other one. Okay, right. cool. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. There's going to be just weird feels bad moments like that for yeah. both veterans and new players. Um, and I think probably. You know, that's avoidable if you just use like the building blocks, the keyword building blocks. I, you know what? Though? Random freeform text. You, you know what? You know what? Maybe it's okay. Maybe some of that stuff was too strong and it needed to it needed to have something out there that scares it, right? Because how many things really scare snipers? There isn't a ton, right? Like snipers are are still one of the better units to bring in the game. And this is kind of a, you know, I'm just taking devil's advocate here right this i'm not sure that's true anymore though if you look at the stats like um you know republic is bringing maybe one echo if they bring in any 
Um, I, I guess I meant, uh, I guess droids, I meant civil war. <laughs> yeah, I mean, droids aren't bringing BX snipers. Right, right. Um, Empires probably bring in a couple, but rebels are bringing Wookiees yeah. a lot. Um, you know, they I, I might mean, bring like one or two snipers, but there's really solid special forces options for every faction now. Yeah, it feels very balanced now. Like it definitely. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. When strike teams first came out, it was, it was dumb. Um, but now I feel like the special forces slot is actually very well balanced against most of the options. You know, a couple things like Rebel Mandalorians excluded. I guess what I was saying was, so right now, like in in my Luke's Bean list, I have three snipers, and I think for some, a lot of people who haven't played as long as we have with snipers, right? Like snipers are a feels bad. It's like, wait, I'm sorry that that just what happened? Like that yeah. just went through. Uh, oh, okay, you know, Pierce and. So uh, I don't know, maybe it's okay that there's something that kind of, you know, how uh, yeah. fights against it. I don't know. It'd just be better if it did it in a way that was not so unintuitive and different from every other interaction in the game. I'm clearly older and wiser than I was when we started this podcast <laughs> four years ago. You are objectively older than you were two hours ago when we started this podcast. <laughs> yep. They call me old man Chelansky. <laughs> I've got at least one more gray hair up here <laughs> than when we started. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. Give me both, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this was fun. I'm uh, I'm very excited. I um, I just love bounty hunters as a concept. Um, yeah. You know, I played I played the heck out of Bosque when he first came out. Um, so I'm I'm excited for I mean, really, the next two waves are just exceptionally bounty hunter <laughs> heavy, which I think is fine because that's where the media is right now, you know. Um, and I'm gonna enjoy playing them. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that I got my Empire stuff painted up. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, the only thing I'm upset about with all of this is like you can't take more operatives. <laughs> no, like thing. I want to take. I want to take like. Din, Boba, and IG-88 all at the same time. Yeah. And then somehow have a hand of 10 command cards. Well, may- maybe there'll be a battle force for that. Yeah, maybe. maybe. You know, no. I when when Ahsoka comes out, I want to take Din, Grogu, R2, Luke, and Ahsoka. Like I... <laughs> <laughs> and nothing else. Yeah. It is. I will say, like, clearly, you have to just, you have to find a way to get Din into the game because he's such yeah. an iconic and cool character um it seems like that way is going to just be generically as part of rebels uh which feels a little thematically weird from a timeline perspective um yeah this this whole mandalorian wave kind of feels weird like both like imperial remnants right like you got moff gideon and dark troopers who are going to be in empire but right they weren't like they are empire but they're not when we see them um, and then like all the like like the rebel characters from Mandalorian. It's like Ahsoka, well, she wasn't really a rebel, but she was, but she wasn't. Din the same way, especially Grogu. Yeah. So. I think I mean, it's hard. from Ahsoka was definitely yeah. a rebel. Yeah. As at least as but, much as Sabine was, you know. But, but yeah, I mean I mean she's a little bit like Maul was part of the CS, kinda sorta. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time. Definitely supported them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, so. it's just strange, right? Because we're seeing these dual or 
dual or quad faction units now, right? But then you have like Callus and Iden, who very much yeah. <laughs> yes switch sides. Iden spent a lot more time, at least rebel. in Battlefront, as a rebel. <laughs> yeah, than as on the Empire, yeah. and so it's just interesting that they're Empire only, and so you look at those going. So are we gonna these? So maybe they'll get the mercenary treatment, right? Like Boba and Bosk did, where they they can be both. That would be ideal. Ooh, steady Wookies, yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, please no. Um, I mean, you can already do that with Republic, um, but yes, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's probably fine. The Empire Remnant thing makes more sense to me just because A, it's like an actual, you know, at least in the Mandalorian show, it's just Mandalorian and his homies fighting against these Empire Remnants. Like there's no, you know, at that point it's the New Republic. There is no yeah. Rebel Alliance Remnant. There's no Rebel Alliance yeah. anything. It's the New Republic and they're, they never fight with them. Um, the Empire Remnant is like, you know, you have Stormtroopers and, and E-Web yeah. and Scout Troopers and stuff, but also like you know, Moff Gideon was an Empire Moth before he was in the Empire Remnant. So it makes total sense in like a what if scenario that during the actual Empire, you would be able to take like Moff Gideon would be commanding troops. That makes sense. That's what he did before he, you know, yeah. five years later, commandeered a whatever Empire transport with a bunch of stormtroopers on it. Um, yeah, it feels a little more weird with Mando. I, I think it's I think it's fine. It's enough fine, like in a what if scenario, that it's worth putting him in the game for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's fun. It's it's right. it's, it's Star Wars. Who cares, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I exactly. would say overall, like, though I have questions about things. Um, same with the battle forces. I you know I don't know. I don't feel like anything is like game breaking. Um, I feel like it's strong. Like there's a lot of strong stuff, but yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like anything is like, oh god, I don't even know what, how you were going to deal with that, you know. So everything felt it felt good. Some things are bad uh, that happens, right? Not everything is going to be good, and, yeah. but I don't feel like everything's so impossibly great <laughs> that it's no. You know. What we've seen so far is kind of within within the realm of like this is new, it's hot, it's probably something you want to take. But in a way that's like consistent with previous releases. Yeah. It's, it, it's yeah. in the Overton window. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's nothing in here that it's like, this is going to break the game. No. Um, which is good. So, yeah, yeah I think they, they definitely hit the mark on theme. We'll see once we yeah. see the rest of it, you know, if they hit the mark on balance. It seems like so far they've mostly done that. Um, so, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, same. That was good. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy i mandalorian is probably my honestly has been one of my favorite star wars things i agree um, you know and then the part three that was in the middle of book of boba fett that was all so good <laughs> yeah part two and a half yeah. Mandalorian season two and a half yeah, yeah. so good yep and uh yeah so. all right well you guys got any final thoughts I didn't get the Fox News. I guess we'll do that next week. Mm, yeah, too much to talk about today. Yeah, everybody's been asking for it. Next week, next week. I I will eagerly await okay. the Fox update. <laughs> All right. Well, we're the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. I'm Timbo. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>